Welcome. Another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and ComC, CMC.com. So great sponsors. We've got a great guest. We're going to do the format today of dueling questions. Uh, I've had, I've done that before, but I, a lot of these episodes have been with people that I know that I've known for decades. I don't have not known Mike for decades, but he's a good guy and uh, has a great, uh, I guess I could say you have a great voice. You have a voice for the, for the industry in the sense that you're in your blogging and your, um, and your podcast, you're trying to help collectors and, and emerging collectors really understand what can be a complicated hobby. So we're going to bat some questions back and forth for the benefit of each other, I suppose, as well as for uh, the benefit of our listeners. So welcome, Mike. And um, uh, I want to give you the honor of having the first question. So do you have a question for me? And then I'll do my best to answer it. And then we'll go from there. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to chat. So um, I do. I think one of my my questions that I've got for you is, you know, you talked about your collecting journey. You've shared that in the past as a kid and you've shared that, you know, eventually you um, were involved in and helped run and own a card shop and eventually, you know, started Beckett, right? But my question is, at what point in your collecting journey did the switch flip or did the light come on that added not just the collecting side, but the business side too? You know, that point where you decided that you also maybe wanted to start to try to make a little money in this hobby as well. Well, I don't, uh, to me, it's a false dichotomy that you either are a collector, you're an investor, or that you're just a pure collector and you don't care about the money or vice versa. And I always tried to, you know, uh, I, I was always buying and selling, as you said, at a card shop. I had to I set up at shows. I uh, organized collecting clubs. So there was always some, a little bit of financial uh, interest, but it, it mainly I just, I, I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the cards. Uh, it was just, I was very blessed to have, to, to stumble on a hobby that was, uh, that has been just a, a lifelong uh, kind of dream come true. Having said that, uh, when I started Beckett Publications, it started out being a lot of fun and aspects of it were always a lot of fun. But to the point of your question, the business aspects are not as much fun. It's uh, it's a lot more fun pricing cards and uh, meeting with uh, with uh, hobbyists about uh, trying to uh, put out publications that are appealing and accurate for uh, a hobby that was growing uh, leaps and bounds, uh, you know, toward uh, toward the end of the years when it wasn't growing as much. You just, it seemed I just had like a regular business. And even though, again, I love the people, I love the subject matter. It's still, I, I basically got promoted into a CEO instead of kind of an expert practitioner. And I, I really enjoyed being with the cards and, and now I get to do that. So I've, I've been retired. So the business aspects, Mike, are, are um, you know, again, it, it became, in fact, when I sold the company, it was sold to people that treated it like a business. And I, I didn't, I won't say it wasn't a business, but my desire wasn't to have a business that was like every other business where you're looking at a bunch of spreadsheets. I mean, if the business was the people. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, that's, does that answer it for you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. I got a question for you. What um, present company excluded? Tell me about some other podcasts in the industry that you recommend. Can't be yours. Can't be mine. What else is out there that you're excited that you really Look, you don't have to pick just one, but what are you really excited about when the the, 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 the upcoming week, what do you think? Oh, boy, I'm really excited. Uh, Eric's got a new episode or John's got a new episode or I can't wait for Hobby Hotline. I mean, where 
what, what are you excited about with what else is out there besides, uh, again, excluding you and me? Podcast. Sure. I think, um, you know, there's a few that, that come to mind. I think one of the things that I love about where we're at in the industry right now is there are so many shows out there and they all have slightly different angles and slightly different perspectives. Um, a couple that I, I like, I'll give you a couple for different reasons. The About the Card show um, is one of my favorites and primarily because that's kind of a show that's a, by collectors, for collectors. You know, they really have primarily a, a collector-focused and a collector-centric um, message and theme and approach to, to how they do things. And so I really appreciate the About the Card show um, every week. I like that one quite a bit. They're not um, they're just uh, three guys talking about the the hobby that they love. It's I think it's I, I like it a lot too. Yep. And so you know I I really appreciate that aspect of things. Um, one of the other ones that I I listen to pretty regularly is um, the the podcast version of of Go GTS Live as well. Um, I don't always get to see them live on Thursday nights, but um, I do like to listen to them afterwards. Um, the different, th one of the different things I like about that show is one, they kind of recap some of the new sets that are coming out. They kind of break some of those new sets and, and there's an aspect of that I like, but they also tend to bring in some of the, the stories of things that are going on around the industry. And for whatever reason, they're things that I don't always come across on my own and, and through other people I follow or anything. And so it's oftentimes that they bring something different that I, that I haven't seen before that I haven't checked out before. And so I really appreciate that. And then the other one that I probably listen to that has more of a financial focus is um, the breaker culture weekly um, show. And um, I don't know that they're on actually every single week, but um, they talk a lot about the, the financial movement and the financial aspect of, of cards. And so that's not my entire focus, but I like to be exposed to a, a wide ver variety of, topics and angles on things. It helps me learn and grow. And so having both shows that I consume that are more collector focused and also shows that are more uh, business or financial focused, I think gives me a good balance. I agree. No, I think Rob, you know, at uh, GTS. I mean, the GTS connection is, is important just to, to have a distributor there to know what's going on. And Rob's a, certainly Rob, maybe I, Ivan too, I guess, but Rob for sure is a podcasting veteran. So they, they bring some, uh, uh, again, I, it's a, it's a must listen for me as well. So uh, your turn. Another question. So as I was growing up in the, and, and getting into cards in the late eighties and early nineties, you know, there were it, Beckett was the go-to, but there were several other sports card magazines and price guides that were out there in the market at the same time. And I was curious as you were ramping up and continuing to grow Beckett, I was kind of curious, were there, was there much, dialogue collaboration you know i was too young to be able to pick up on if there was animosity or or some of those those things of course there was competition but what was that relationship like with the um the individual individuals who were running those other publications or did you have much of a relationship with them uh actually we did i mean basically our guys did i mean at, at uh, by, you know at that point we had a lot of uh, uh, price guide analysts a lot of my uh, teammates that i really enjoyed they were hitting the shows so they were they were bumping into uh, sort of competitors. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge uh, industry hobby and we, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have a monopoly, but we had a, obviously a really strong market share and we were out there hitting it hard. So, uh, but we never thought we were really competing with those, you know, we we're, we're competing with anything that costs $3. <laughs> you know, we want people to get our magazine back when it was mainly a print product and, uh, we wanted to be as accurate as we could. And, uh, we're, we, we were, you know, I, I don't, I, mean, I don't know that I was, 
you know, imitation is a serious form of flattery, but we, we, we would, we would prefer to be the imitated. Not the, we weren't the imitator. And so generally we were out there uh, doing our best and realized that many of the other uh, publications were out there were doing the same thing. We, we'd see the, the SED guys, the tough stuff guys, the, you know, Doug Kale, who was doing, uh, was w- with another one. He, you know, some of those guys after their, uh, we didn't really hire people away, but, uh, we, we, you know, we did hire some people that had that experience and uh, really tried to have our own version of team spirit of our guys really uh, pulling together to, to put out the most accurate price guides and, you know, let the, let the competition, you know, fall where it may. We were going to try to be as accurate and responsive to uh, a very dynamic market. And we did that for a long time. So, I mean, I'm retired now and I don't really have, a, I don't really think I have enemies in the industry. I, 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 like I said, I wasn't trying to put anybody out of business. I was just trying to do the best to the best uh, we could. And, you know, our, our, uh, our team, I think had that same attitude. Okay. 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 What's your take on Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay. Cause you're, you're probably, you're younger than I am. You're more uh, social media and digitally savvy than I am. So what's your take on Gary V again, as being uh, uh, positive for the, uh, for the uh, industry uh, with his, uh, the, the reach that he has and the influence that he has. Yeah, I overall, I am, I come down on the side that I think he is a, a net positive for the industry. And I say that for a couple of reasons, you know, I had followed along with, with Gary um, for a, probably at least a year before he really started to talk about cards um, last year in the, in the early part of 2019. And I was following him mainly because of his guidance and information that he shared about um, growing a online presence and marketing and and building a brand. And so that's kind of where I'd initially followed him. And then he started talking about cards. And, you know, a lot of people, it seems in the card world come down that he is either a hobby savior or he is the worst thing that ever happened to cards and, and is going to bring in the quote unquote wrong type of, of people into the industry. And I think that if people step back and take a look at the the message that he's really selling, there's a lot of things that are beneficial for for people both in their day-to-day life as well as as the hobby world. So bringing attention um, to yourself or the, the, the products that you're trying to sell or the um, podcast or media that you're trying to create, that is, is so important. You know, he, he teaches a serve first mentality um, to give, give, give um, with, with that being your, your primary focus. And if you serve enough people, then um, the rewards will follow. And I think that is a, a message that, that everybody needs to hear. Um, and I think he his goal is to help teach and help people grow and become better people. And um, and I think that's something that that we can all benefit from. So I think there's things that he shares that are applicable both to the card world and to life in general that um, are are net positives if people will start to put them in practice. I I, I basically agree. I mean, I, I um, uh, he's a promoter and he's mm-hmm. a great promoter. So I think that's you just take that with the, that that's the personality type he has and he's true to that and again I think there's way more positives than negatives. Uh you know one of the things I do in my in my post uh publications years since I've been retired is I, I I can I do a lot of convening of meetings and help organizations, you know, businesses, ministries, nonprofits and and leaders and do a lot of uh, general consulting and some of the stuff when it gets into uh some of this more digital stuff you know, I have a lot of younger friends that I'll invite to these meetings. And many, many years ago, six or seven years ago, it seemed like one of my good friends that's a you know generation younger than me said, you got to read this book by this Gary V guy. And so I, I've been, he's been on my radar as a, as kind of a, somebody that's savvy for a, a little bit of a futurist 
uh, for a long time. So I've, 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 I've a good friend to thank for that many years ago. So I'd already read the book or one of his books, one of his first books and kind of got the gist of that. So, um, like I said, it, I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on there. Okay. I'm going to give you last question and then, um, and that'll be it for today. So any final question, Mike? Uh, yeah, my, I'd say my last question for today would be, I'm interested in knowing, are there any particular collecting projects, goals that you're pursuing right now? Yeah, I'm trying to have less cards, <laughs> have less cards this, this year than I did last year and every year. And uh, I'm kind of thinking that if I can have uh, 10% less cards each year for the next uh, 10 years, I'll be down to actually, you know, if you keep just getting rid of 10%, you, it's like you, you never, you, you just keep, uh, there still be a bunch. But if I get rid of approximately 10% a year for 10 years, I'll be left with something that can go from a room full of cards to a closet full of cards or a drawer full of cards or a wall full of cards without having, I, I have too many cards now. So that's what I need to do. And I'm trying to get the cards that, that are still decent cards, but not all great cards, but decent cards, getting them. I, it's, it's been delightful to try to get them in the hands of, of uh, uh, other uh, collectors that, you know, what I not going to have room for somebody else might really uh, cherish. So I'm looking sure. forward to that. I'm enjoying doing that. And I'll probably escalate those efforts uh, over the over the coming years because my my season is uh, is decreasing and and uh, your generation is uh, taking over. So thank you for being uh, a responsible guy that I that uh, people like me can uh, can hand off to. So uh, thanks, listeners. Thanks, Mike Summer. Uh, keep up the good work, Mike. We'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll do another episode at some point, and I'll continue to enjoy your podcast. I'm sure. Uh, love to be a guest on yours because I enjoy that. Uh, although you never sound like yourself when you're listening to yourself <laughs> on the podcast. But uh, again, thanks listeners. Thanks, Mike. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man-